Algar Productions. Bulo Birch Circles presents Sarcastic Voyage Theatre. Vintage style radio with a modern comedic sensibility. Featuring the unparalleled talents of the world-renowned Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. And now, the radio adventures of Dottie. Sugar Crunch Cereal presents the radio adventures of Dottie. Our story so far. After a few false starts, Dottie's quest to rescue her captive friends seemed like it was finally beginning in earnest. But almost immediately after joining her new senior agent sponsor, Herc Branson, Branson's rocket was besieged by sinister skybound raiders. And now, today's episode, The Flying Pirates of Stratotropolis. Stand by. I'm going to try to lose them. Do you know how to co-pilot a... Restraint secure. All systems show ready. There's only one other person at the ministry who knows how to fly this model. Stag Chapman. Yes, sir. That guy. I spent a week with him last summer when he helped me rescue Mr. Matt and Mr. Al from a rampaging parliament of killer owls. So what's the plan, Captain? It sounds like you've dealt with these skyjackers before. Not directly, but I've heard reports of them terrorizing craft in this region. Apparently, they're based in a flying fortress over the Pacific called Stratotropolis. Oh good, another flying fortress! My weaponry is intended to crack through the powerful electro-shielding favored by my nemesis, Viscount Malbone. Sky piracy is wrong, but I'm not sure it warrants being blasted into semi-atomic particles. It's nice to meet a hero who actually wouldn't go right for the semi-automizing cannons. Our options are therefore fairly limited. It may take a moment to determine the precise- I have a suggestion. They just locked onto our hull with one of their giant magnet things, didn't they? Two of them. Yes, sir. Well, that's it for us, then. You don't mean... Oh, they're not going to harm us. From everything I've heard, these people are only after one thing. And honestly, as long as they don't lock on with a third magnet... (sighs) For the record, Dottie, what was your suggestion? Well, sir... We're in a rocket ship, which by design travels much more quickly than the pirate's little spitfires. I was just going to ask why we couldn't blast very quickly away from here to someplace safer. Yeah, that probably would have been our best option. Brace for impact! Herc? Herc, are you okay? Captain Branson? dead, so that's something. But I seem to be pinned under a considerable amount of what's left of my rocket ship. It's mostly that bulkhead, sir. Don't move. I'll try to get it off of you. It's... It's too heavy. I'm sorry, Captain. I don't think I can do this by myself. But I'll bet my robot could help. Robot! Horses! Okay, so here's an update on the status of your robot. He's pinned directly beneath me, and every time you make his servos activate, it's very painful. So I would ask that you please not do that. Don't worry, Captain. If what you said about them not meaning us any harm is true, I should be able to talk to someone in Stratotropolis who can get you out of here. It's good to know, even when the ship is sinking, you can keep a level enough head to make for the robo. Tabulating. Ah, well, that one's on me. Before I go, Herc, you said these pirates were only interested in one thing. What is that thing? Of course, 
That information is essential to your continued safety here in Stratotropolis. The answer, of course, is... <sighs> Captain? Captain? Well, he still has a pulse, so I guess he just passed out. Which, if he has a concussion, is not good. I'd better get moving. This place is beautiful. It's not a fortress at all. It's an actual city. Bet there's room for a thousand people here. Closer to 800. We like to give people a little room to move around in. Caw! Birds, you're a horse. Uh, I mean, horses, you're a... Yeah, no, I know what you meant. And I'm only part bird. I'm also part man. I really like your wings. Thanks! They give me a distinct tactical advantage when I'm tracking prey. Caw! Did you just say caw? As befits a man who is also a bird, I surely did. Okay. Ah, and speaking of prey... We were speaking of prey? Well, I was. Before you started making fun of the way I talk, caw! Didn't do it that time. And I appreciate that. Nevertheless, it is my solemn duty as a member of the Royal Guard of Stratotropolis to place you under arrest. I was actually hoping I could speak to someone in charge, so that's perfect. Wait, you want me to arrest you? And take me to your leader. Yes, please. And quickly, if you don't mind. Why, kid, you're kind of a bit of a weirdo, aren't you? Caw! You may not realize this. What? I said you may not realize this. But we here in Stratotropolis are only concerned with one thing. Yes, I've heard that. And what is that thing? That's our king right over there. Sitting on that big throne in the center of the room? Who would have guessed? Your Highness, King Avum of Stratotropolis, I present this nameless kid. What's your name, kid? Junior Agent Dottie of the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the U.S. Right, Junior Jamin Jotty of the Minister... Car! By Zeus's nipples, Dale, would you please stop pretending you're a bird? What? I wasn't pretending. Nobody's buying that you're some kind of bird person. Nobody. I mean, are you there, Dotty, was it? Yes, sir. Dotty, you didn't actually believe that Dale is a human being with wings, did you? I did believe he was a birdman, sir, because he told me he was. And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt until they give me a reason not to trust them. I suppose that's not a bad way to live. But his claim does not stand up to even the most basic scrutiny. Birds do use their wings to fly, of course, but they also have hollow bones. Why don't you ask... Deal if he has hollow bones. Sire, do we really have to? Do you have hollow bones, Dale? No, I do not have hollow bones. Sire? Of course you don't. Now stop lying to our guests. Stop interjecting dumb bird noises into every conversation. And for the last time, take off those ridiculous wings. Dismissed. Yes, sire. Sorry, sire. I'll see myself out. What was that? Nothing, sire. For the record, I think your wings are very pretty. Now then, agent of MUC. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, we know. What is your business here in our airborne kingdom? Sire, I traveled here in a rocket ship with my partner, Herc Branson. Never heard of him. He's still aboard the rocket, and he's quite injured. And I figured since it was your Sky Pirates who brought down our ship in the first place, that you might be able to- Did you say rocket? Yes, sir. Top of the line. Yes. Good. 
that will suit our purposes nicely. What do you mean? You see, young Dotty, we here in Stratotropolis are after only one thing, and that thing is... Oh, excuse me for just a sec, that's my video phone. Horses. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, The One Thing Revealed, only on Sarcastic Voyage Theatre. Hello, folks. I'm Shirley Bulo of Bulo Birch Circles, your sponsors for this evening's program. Listen, I'm gonna level with you. This so-called Great Depression has been anything but great for us here at Bulo Birch Circles. Back in 1929, our president, my uncle Wilfred, invested our entire family's fortune in three-inch circles of cut birch wood. We don't know why he did this. It was the 20s. He was probably zonked out on the trace amounts of cocaine that they were still putting in Coca-Cola back in those days. Or the opium his doctor prescribed him. Or the large amounts of cocaine he took when the opium made him too sleepy. Presumably he had some grand purpose in mind for these things, but he was sacked after the market crashed. By which I mean they put his corpse in a sack after he jumped out a window to his death. So unfortunately, we can't ask him. His brother, my uncle Monty, was president of the company for all of a week and a half before he took his life. Took it overseas, I mean. He got on a boat and sailed away. And then he jumped off the boat and drowned himself in the ocean. The management of this company has been handed down to me and I am, as you may have already surmised, a woman. So you can well imagine that things have gotten pretty bleak around here. The bottom line is this. We simply don't know what to do with nearly one million round, flat pieces of pure Canadian birch. All we know for sure is that you can't eat them. If you or someone you know would be interested in owning 800,000 thin pieces of oblique timber for, let's be honest, any price you could possibly name, please contact me in care of this station. Sooner would be preferable to later because, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just not sure how much time I have left. They have to hear you, dear. Yes, of course. Hello. Bravo. Now, did I hear you have an exciting two-person act you'd like to share? Yes. And? And I'm a little hesitant today due to my uh, partner's unhappiness with me. Her unhappiness. Yes. I feel I may have upset her a bit this morning, and we're in quite the quarrel. Fascinating. Well, perhaps we can work it out in front of our audience. Tempest Fugit. Carry on. This is a live show. Hello, Lonnie. Hello, Al. Audience. Traitor. I, I know you're angry with me, Lonnie, but these fine people would like to see our act. Our act? Ha ha! Oh, God, that's a good one. Do you see what I'm dealing with? A dummy! I, I realize we're going through tough times right now, Lonnie, but I don't think this is the time or the place. You're completely fine with failure, aren't you? You'd just rather sit around all day eating Twinkies. <laughs> You're an empty shell. Lonnie, uh, please. 
I'd love for us to tell the audience a joke. Here's a joke. Your mother kept you. <gasps> Lonnie, how, how could you say such things? I made your career. You're just a hollow husk without me. Uh, don't be silly, Lonnie. Uh, we're a team. <laughs> You'd collapse without me. You'd probably couldn't talk without me up here to hold your ass up. In fact, go ahead and try. Tell us a joke, laddie. All right. <clears throat> um, oh. What type of tea is hard to swallow? Yes, go on. Reality. <laughs> awful! Oh my god, that's so awful! What an empty joke! Told by an empty pod! Well, I never in my life, you never done anything in your life! We have been through so much together, I can't believe you would treat me like this! Yeah, you're lucky I don't treat you how everybody thinks about you! I should be a solo act! Uh, Alright, um, if you really feel that way, we should end things. This is over, Lonnie. And you're going to be the one to regret it, not I! You're such a joke, I can't even find the punchline! Oh, you're not even that funny! Oh, I'm not funny! How about this? You're actually just talking to yourself! Oh, how dare you! How dare you in front of everyone! I hate you! Yeah, well, you hate yourself. How does that sound? Fine! 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 <laughs> <clears throat> I'd like to go to my room now. Fine. Put me in gently, you replica of a human. I shall. Lonnie and Gladdy, soon to be solo. Thank you. Uh, would you like to plug my name? No. And now, the feature attraction of our program. Meet Mary Madison, star reporter for the King Morning Journal newspaper. She's a hard-hitting journalist with a one-two punch that breaks the story and leaves the other papers flat on the mat. Conventional wisdom has it that you're not supposed to narrate your own story, that it's better to show rather than tell. Well, conventional wisdom can go hang for all I care. It's my job to tell. I see things, I write things down, and I tell those things to you. You trust me to tell you the truth, and I, in turn, trust you to believe what you're told. My paychecks come from the King Morning Journal newspaper, but I report directly to the truth. That's truth with a capital T. Some fellows will tell you that truth is an abstract concept, that it's impossible to be completely subjective about a set of facts. Those fellows are wrong. Those fellows are corrupt or ill-educated, or they have their heads shoved up their wallets. The truth is, the truth is easier to tell than most people think. And don't be fooled by that postmodern bourgeois. You just write down what you see in front of you. Like for instance, right now, I'm looking at a girl floating face down in the harbor. She was 24, maybe 25 years old, and now she always will be. <coughs> hey Frank, what's wrong with your rookie over there? Can't handle a run-of-the-mill drowning? Well, gee, Miss Madison, she wasn't just drowned. Something took off her legs too, and it's just... Well, none of us are taking this too good. We saw that girl down at the precinct this morning. Looks like a bit of a floozy to me. Floozies in this town are a dime a dozen. How can you be sure it was the same girl? She was wearing that hat with the ostrich feather in it. Or maybe it's an emu feather. It's clearly an ostrich feather. The two are nothing alike. It's all about the details, kid. Well, whatever it was, she sure turns everyone's head. And now... And now she's turning stomachs. 
It's the way of the world, Frank. Excuse me. Officer Hansen. One minute you got people saying you're all gams, and the next minute you're everything but gams. Now you say she was down at the precinct? That's right. This morning? That's right. What business does she have? Well, if it ain't a girl reporter. As a matter of fact, Sergeant, it ain't. Hansen, is this girl reporter poking her nose where it don't belong? Well, gee, Sarge, I don't guess she was. Consider your words carefully, officer. Personnel reviews are coming up, and coincidentally, there's a vacancy in the third precinct. Yes, sir. She was causing trouble here, that's for sure. Sorry, Mary. Sorry doesn't get stories written, Officer Hansen. I was not causing trouble and you know it. I'm here to inform the public. The public, incidentally, that funds us both. You were about to spill it about what this girl was up to down at your station house this morning. Is that so? Why, well, I never... It is so and you know full well that it is. Oh, but I... Now, Hansen, you're just making it worse for yourself. Hansen, is this girl... Woman. Is this girl telling the truth? I always do. Now, see here, miss... Uh, she's right, you know... About making it worse for yourself. I honestly didn't. You'd better run along now, girl reporter. Me and officer here have some things to discuss. The only thing I run for, boy policeman, is a scoop. So why should I run anywhere when she clearly can't? This might not be the only body we fish out of the harbor tonight. Flanahan, is that with one N or two? Oh, never mind. This is why copy editors rose up from the primordial ooze as soon as the first monkey typed the first word of Shakespeare. So long, fellas. There's a steadfast rule in this business. Anything that somebody in power, coppers, politicians, big cheeses, doesn't want you to know, that's your headline. Usually a three-column headline above the fold, sometimes with alliteration. I was on to something, but I'd need a little more weight behind me to make it happen. Oh, hello, Mr. King. Miss Madison. Say, you haven't read anything in the journal about that gentleman adventurer, have you? No, Miss Madison, I can't say as I have. None of our boys can quite seem to nail that one down, but the Chronicle is full of it. Yes, they are. Good evening, Mr. King. Good evening, Miss Madison. It turns out Harold King, owner of this paper, of this building, the carpet, the brass fixtures in the lobby, and the entire media empire known as King Worldwide, spends his considerable spare time masquerading as some kind of crime fighter vigilante or some such. To be honest, when I found out, and it wasn't very difficult, come to tell it, I figured that knowing it was enough. I didn't need to know the details of this one. Nobody did. I only concern the public with things that directly affect them. I'm not interested in what kind of knickers a man wears. That ain't a crime the last time I checked. And I check a lot. I know. He knows I know. And that gives me job security. All things considered, I'd prefer to keep my typewriter, my desk, and my star photographer. There's my star photographer. Say, Carl, what do you know? Not a whole lot, I'm afraid. City desk is quiet as a tomb tonight. <clears throat> yes, I can hear that. That's all relative. Quiet for here will make a deaf man go blind. I also know a secret about Carl. Also, nobody's beeswax. Not now, not ever. Carl is a... What do we even call it now? A confirmed bachelor. A little light in the loafers. He's a, uh... Mary! Oh, hello, Herbert. Oh, please. Call me chief. Nonsense. You're my editor, and as such, you deserve a modicum of respect. Well, all right. But only a modicum. A sous Yes, that's about right. I think I can spare you at least a sous-son. Herbert, can I talk to you in your office? Why, certainly, Mary. It's always a pleasure. You got a story? I might have. Carl, you want to join us in here, please? Wanna and gonna. Atta boy. Actually, Mary, I'm glad you stopped by. I have a story for you. Nothing doing. I already have a story. Now you know I'm not the type to bark orders. Especially at my star reporter. Star reporter, star photographer, everyone's a star here at the journal. Should have called it the star. Herbert, I'm telling you. The, the story's more important than it would appear. Some There's poor a girl sap drowned found down face by down Pier in the 26. Bay. You two didn't get that exactly in sync. You want to try it again? You know about the drowned girl? Drowned and legless, of course I do. What do you think I was doing before I came here? That big ape Flanahan muscled me out of the crime scene. Already on the scene. 
I don't know why I would have imagined it any other way. Listen, you want an ambulance chaser, you hire a lawyer. You want a corpse chaser, and I'm your gal. Flanahan, eh? That flat-footed mulligan? Faith and Begora, twas the very same. So what's your next move? It's the docks. Somebody had to see what happened on account of there's always somebody hanging around down by the docks. That is why down by the docks is in common parlance, come to think of it. Right, so we're on the same page, which will be the front page before I'm finished, I'd wager. I'd take that bet, but this twist knows what's what. Carl! Dame, sorry. And I'll need this swell fella here to snap me some glossies. For all the dead bodies I see in this profession, I might as well become a cop. Well, we know you can hold your lunch down better than the rookie they have on the scene now. Are you two finished? Not quite, but we're leaving. Leave the light on for us, Harbert. Oh, the light never goes out here. That's the stuff. Come on, Carl, we've got a drowned girl to poke at. Let's see, walking stick, measuring stick. Ah, here it is, my poking stick. Say, Carl, the truth is, I figure most of the places we'll end up at tonight won't take too kindly to shutterbugs. Not many places do take kindly to shutterbugs in my experience. But don't worry, I won't leave you out of this ice cream social. There's a scoop in this for you, too. Mary, I gotta say, we've been working together a long time, and I've heard better. Well, Carl, I don't get paid by the metaphor. It's just a free service I provide. Nevertheless, I want my money back. I'm not one for bribes. Leave that to those other Joes who can't be bothered to do their legwork. That said, the railroad tracks ran right by Pier 26. Tracks meant trains. Trains meant hobos. Hobos meant I could learn what I needed with a flask of booze. As it happens, I don't drink. Cut the stuff out during Prohibition, never picked it back up. But a gal picks up a lot of presents and baubles in this line of work. And what better way to spend that congratulatory bottle of scotch the deputy mayor gave me back in October? Now, if you really were here and you really saw what happened out there... I did, ma'am. I seen everything. Please, mister. You're in the presence of a professional wordsmith. You saw everything. Your metaphor doesn't track, Carl. A smith forges things, so a wordsmith would create new words. I just use the ones we already have. Well, is there a word for that? Sure there is. A writer. Quite right, my nomadic friend. Carl, never use a $5 word when a 50-cent one will do. Now, you seen everything, did ya? I sure did, miss. Listen carefully now. In my purse is a powerful bargaining chip. I can't tell you what it is, or you'll just tell me any old thing to get it. So before we go any further, tell me this. What color was the dead girl's hair? Mary, she did Quiet, Carl. Uh, she had it all pinned up under a hat, miss, with an ostrich feather. Now there's a man who notices details. You ever thought about law enforcement? Every time I hop a train, miss. <gasps> now this entire bottle of scotch is yours if you can tell me exactly what you saw. Spare no details, and... For every $5 word you use, I pour a shot out of the bottle. Got it? Ma'am, I got as many $5 words as I got dollars, which is to say none. Now, as to what I've seen happen here, well, I saw her come up in here. Your average hobo is more honest and reliable than you might think, some of them more so than the boys down at the desk. These gentlemen live by a code, and since many of them came out to see the country in the first place, they tend to remember the things they see. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any real point, would there? He told me, his name is Walter, by the way, Walter told me that Sheba had stormed in all togged to the bricks. Even from the shadowy boxcar where Walter and his friends ducked out of the cop's way, he could tell she was in a real lather. I got the impression that this sort of sudsy kitten was part of the reason Walter was out riding the rails now. He said she came in from the direction of 68th and McKinley. And then, here's the part I wouldn't have believed if I hadn't seen it myself, it looked like some kind of dolphin or small whale took a chunk out of her getaway sticks. A bunch of the others heard the commotion, but Walter was the only one who happened to be looking that way when it happened. I'd chalked that up to intuition, but we all know that intuition is a bunch of hogwash. That bottle of scotch landed in exactly the right hands, purely through dumb luck. I paid up and headed across to 68th and McKinley. Carl and I knew exactly what was there. Though I'm not sure how Carl knew exactly. Carl, how do you know what this place is? I can't picture you spending a lot of time in or near brothels. My finger may not be on the pulse of this city the same way yours is. Never mind where your finger has been. But I hear things. Do you hear enough things to know who runs this joint? I know it used to be Carlo Mignani, but I also know he got sent away to Alcatraz for counterfeiting. You know that because I got him sent away. You get everyone sent away. 
Anyway, I dropped out of the office gangland pool a long time ago. I have no idea who the top Bruno is now. Place has changed hands twice since then. Johnny Scuderi's in charge now. Mm, I don't know much about him. And that's how he prefers it. You better let me do the talking. Was there ever any doubt? Listen, Carl, I love you like a sissy little brother. Excuse me. But we don't need you dragging your thesaurus into this. In fact, that camera may attract trouble as well. Maybe you should just stand outside here. Outside a brothel, near the docks. I suppose you want me to go lean against that lamppost. Well, if it's comfortable, did you pack your sailor suit? You're something, Mary. And you, Carl, are something entirely else. Can I help? Oh, uh, we don't serve goils here. I'd say you do, in the sense that a steakhouse serves steak. But I'm here on business. Most people are. I like you. But what I'd really like is to see your boss. My boss is whatever paying customer I happen to have at the moment. And since I don't have one at this moment, you're talking to my boss. I'm starting to like you less and less as the minutes tick by. Let me talk to Johnny Scuderi. I don't know who that is. I've heard more convincing performances from that sap who plays prominent crotch boy junior. Hey, I'm a big fan of that guy. Got his Dakota ring and everything. Johnny Scuderi. For a man trying to maintain a low profile, you're surprisingly easy to draw out. Yeah, for a girl reporter. He is surprisingly ballsy. Doesn't take balls to know what happens in this place. What can you tell me about a girl with an ostrich feather? I think all her feathers is spoken for at the moment, but uh, I could put you on a waiting list. Listen here, I love banter as much as the next gal. Although the next gal actually seems sharper than you'd think. Thank you. But I don't have time for your shenanigans. One of your girls is dead. Lots of our girls end up dead. It's an occupational hazard. You gotta say that right in front of me. Really? It's an occupational hazard for all of us, even the unemployed. The occupation of being human is inherently hazardous, and there's no union to look out for you. There's always a union. Now you listen to me, baby grand. There's a dead girl in the harbor. Competent policemen would have had her dragged out by now, but who knows with these dimwits. Anonymous source has this broad, dressed to the nines, running out of here towards Pier 26 like she got bit by something. Which, as it happened, she did. By some kind of a- Was it a whale? Pipe down, Ethel. I keep my mouth shut a lot about stuff, but that girl didn't deserve to be chopped up by no fish. First of all, a whale ain't no fish. And second- How did you know it was a whale, Ethel? She wouldn't shut up about whales. No idea what she was yakking on about, but she yakked on about it a lot. She had this john uptown. Ethel, if you know what's good for you, you'll- Look at what I done with my life. I clearly don't know what's good for me. Now, miss- Madison, go on. Ethel, you shut your fat mouth now. Now you listen to me, you great lummox. All it takes is a call from me or my photographer outside to get you sent up the river to Sing Sing. You think I'm bluffing? Call the journal and ask how many little birdies like you are singing in cages. And not the gilded kind, either. The boys down at the desk have a big board with a tally on it. Only take them a minute to get that information for you. Right. Your photographer. You, uh, might want to have a quick check-in with him. What did you... Ah, oh, look. It's Ox. With a 98-pound sack of potatoes slung across his shoulder. There's no need to bring race into this. Now you set him down. Not exactly what I had in mind. Well, that's definitely not what I had in mind. Ox, this twist has any more questions? Shooter. So anyway, Ethel, how did you know... Mary, did, did you... Did you get the gun? You're damned right I did. Sometimes you gotta clobber these thugs with the potato sack of the fourth estate. Again with the potatoes. Now who's bringing race into it? Never mind that. You a leg man, Johnny? What? A leg man. You like looking at a girl's gams? Sure, I guess. Well, you don't back off and you're going up the river, just like that girl's legs are right now. Now scram, will ya? I got a conversation to have here. 
Carl was a little shaken, understandably so, so I sent him away on that story I promised him. Nothing like sniffing out the truth to shove a man's nose back into joint. Ethel told me the dead girl had two regular Johns, but the one she figures was all tangled up in this spent most of his time at the La Plata Hotel. Sometimes, though, he liked to slum it down here by the harbor. She didn't know why, and I can't say that I did either. I headed over to the press club to have a little chat with the boys in hopes that maybe they knew something that I didn't, but I doubted it. Hello, boys. Hitting the hooch easier than hitting the pavement, I see. Ah, jeez, Mary. Give it a rest, will you? Sun's not even up yet. Which means the morning edition isn't being delivered yet. All that 1 a.m. means to me is that there's still time to fill it with news. There's always news to fill it with. I arrest my case. Say, what is this big scoop you got anyway? I hear you chasing down some drowned twist. Fitz, please. Sorry. Dane. Between your slander and Smitty's disgusting cigar here, it's no wonder I don't spend more time in this dump. Ah, Mary, don't talk like that. You'll hit the bartender's feelings. The bartender appears to be passed out. Naturally, none of you boys are taking advantage of this by helping yourself to his wares. We're putting it on a tap. Honest. What can you tell me about the penthouse of the La Plata Hotel? What? Up on 31? That's the one. Real swanky like you'd expect. Lots of political types use it as a love nest. Why am I not surprised that you know this? I'm surprised you don't. This press pass opens a lot of doors, Fitz, but those doors take a different kind of key. The kind I don't have, which is why I even bother talking to you mugs. That and the charm and company, right? And your modesty. Last I heard, Boss Trumbull was shacked up there with- Jonas Trumbull? The one who's running for mayor? The very same. He's quite a dog, that Trumbull. I've heard that. But if you know where he's shacking up with his floozies, he's obviously not a very subtle dog. Now wait a minute. Doesn't matter to me whose palms you grease to find that out, as long as I didn't do the greasing myself. Now tell me one more thing. Sure. Why would a man who can get a woman to follow him to a penthouse love nest bother visiting a brothel in the sleazy part of town? Is he really that much of a dog? That's two questions, Mary. And I knew you had no chance of answering either of them. So long, Fitz, Smitty, the rest of you. Fitz didn't misspeak. The La Plata Hotel really was on 31th Street. I've been meaning to look that up. Probably a typo from years ago that nobody ever caught, which just stresses, once again, the importance of a good copy editor. Carl, how's the noggin? Well, noggin's still throbbing, but I'm on the case. I've been on a lot of goose chases, but this is one of the wilder ones. Yeah, mine too, and I'm still chasing geese. I got the pattern cut out on that lead you gave me, but it's still not all sewn up yet. If somebody can get us some pictures, I think we'll be that much closer. Do you know anyone with a camera who can be discreet about this sort of thing? Why, Mary, I didn't realize the word discreet was in your vocabulary. Every problem to you is a nail, and every solution is a sledgehammer. Just because I'm not comfortable crawling around in the bushes doesn't mean other people can't do it. I worked out that bushes aren't my thing a good long while ago, you know that. Just go and get me these pictures and I'll be sure Herbert gives you a big fat bonus if you can help me with this. It's been a long time since I've seen a big fat bonus. I don't doubt it. Now I'm off to the La Plata Hotel. Up on 31th? I'll walk with you. I live up on 28th. I'm gonna need a longer lens for this job. It felt like I was near the end of my particular chase and I nearly had all my geese in a row. I was pretty sure that my goose, or dog as Fitz called him, would be shacked up in this love nest. This metaphor certainly got tangled up on its way out of my head. In any event, this called for a dip into my mental toolbox. As it turns out, there really only was one tool in there. Yes, ma'am, how can I help you? Boss Trumbull is staying in the penthouse, right? Give me a key, I'm with the press. Ma'am, you can't just barge in here and- Who's barging? I walked right in through that revolving door, just like any paying customer. You're not a paying customer. What gives you the right- You see this piece of paper in my hat? The one that says press? Well, yes, but I- That's what gives me the right. Now you hand me a key to the suite, or my story's going to include the name- Albert Barnes. As in, the investigation hit a brick wall when the apparently pro-murder La Plata employee Albert Barnes halted this reporter's progress. Now, see here, you- Albert, I'll be off. Boss Trumbull's sleeping now and would like you to phone him when his post arrives. Oh, dear. Boss Trumbull, you say? That's right. Who wants to know? Oh, dear. Mary Madison, King Morning Journal. And you are? 
I'm the one telling you to scram. You and a hundred other people tonight. You're gonna have to do better than that. Or I could just walk out that door and ignore you. Sure you could. Right in front of my photographer, who's waiting to catch a glimpse of the peach that Boss Trumbull's been keeping in his nest. That metaphor's still not working for me. Hmm. Now you listen here. That man upstairs could be in a lot of trouble. There's two-thirds of a girl floating in the harbor, and there's a chance that three-thirds of that man upstairs is responsible. Oh, goodness. What do you mean, two-thirds of a girl? I mean just what I said. Not only is she a corpse, but she's a paraplegic corpse. Thanks to a shark or a dolphin or some kind of a... A whale? Yes, a whale. What do you know, miss? Gretchen. My name's Gretchen. What do you know, Gretchen? You say it was a girl there in the harbor? Most of one, yes. And how do you know Jonas was involved? I tracked a girl back to a brothel a block or so from the scene, and then I... (gasps) That pig! Yes, I've heard that about him. Or something close to it. Oh, my word. This isn't normally the type of clientele that... Oh, drop the act. Everyone knows what goes on in here. Your penthouse suite is the only one with an Olympic-sized pool. You could easily fit a dozen young... Oh, you watch it now! I don't have time to sugarcoat things for you, sweetheart. This story... Oh, it can't be that time already. What is all this about? He told me it would only happen... Sounds like he told you a lot of things. Like, I assume, he doesn't frequent brothels or, um... Oh, right! I don't care what kind of state he's in. That philandering mongrel has some things to answer for. That's the spirit. Never mind about that key, Albert. And you may want to have that ceiling looked at. You're taking on water like your hotel just hit an iceberg. What are we going to see when we get up there, Gretchen? A goat. As in Randy Azza. I'll admit I'm no veterinarian, but what's happening on the other side of that elevator door doesn't sound like any barnyard animal I've ever heard. (sighs) More like... A whale. Well then. Don't you give me that, you... jackass! Interesting. I understand you were down at some whorehouse. And that you may have killed some girl. Oh, the hell you say? This reporter here says... Boss Trumbull? Miss Madison, is it? Well spotted, sir. You're a man with an eye for detail. Gretchen, do you hand me a towel? I fear I may be a little underdressed for... Get your own damn towel, you... you... dog! (laughs) I wish everyone would stop calling me that. Mr. Trumbull, you're not wearing anything I haven't seen before. But my penis. Exactly. Now tell me, were you down at the harbor a few hours ago? Maybe you got the wrong man. That's as may be, but maybe I have the right whale. Well, well, actually. Like a werewolf only. You got it. But you say you weren't at the harbor at any time in the last 24 hours? No, he's been here with me. For 24 hours straight? With a political campaign going on? How? My handlers have known about my condition for a while. Most of the senior cops know about it, too. They're skilled at covering for me, should I disappear for short periods. And was one of those times to visit Johnny Scuderi's brothel? One? No. Lots of times, yes. (laughs) Oh, you low-down dirt! 
dirty! Uh, listen, listen to me, both of you. I'm listening, that's what I do. Yeah, well, I'm not. We're through, Jonas, you hear me? I'll tell the world about... Yes, listen. Whales don't mate for life. They we actually mate with multiple partners simultaneously to ensure... You son of a bitch! It's biology. How can I resist? So you had several girls on the side. Yes. And how many of these girls... Our whales. Damn, you're good. What? One! She keeps close to the the harbor. harbor, Right. So this poor girl at the brothel, she knew what you were, didn't she? I... I guess she must have found out somehow. It's become kind of an open secret. Like I said, public life is for the birds. Seems like you're for the birds, too. What? To pick his teeth clean, of, of course. Oh. Anyway, I didn't tell her myself, but most of them know. Most of them? How many are there? So she found out about this piece of tail, or in this case, entire tail, you had on the side. Right? Uh, I can't believe he... uh, I can't believe you... uh... So she got so angry, she stormed down to the harbor, jumped into the water, and I suspect challenged this other woman, and lost. She's dead? Drowned and quartered. Uh, Oh! I never meant to. Uh, I gotta sit down. Uh, I can't. Gretchen, I... Don't. Just don't. So is he going to jail? I don't see why he would. He didn't hurt anyone physically. He wasn't even there when this girl died. I'm out of the election, though, that's for sure. That's not for me to say, Boss Trumbull. I'm only here to report the facts. If the voters of this city are comfortable with their mayor being a whale some of the time... Well, that's their decision to make, not mine. Now, if I could just get a few more quotes from the two of you. I managed to phone the city desk in time to strike the front page in favor of this story. Not the first time I've done that and won't be the last. And the printers are none too happy about it. But this sort of thing can't wait. The people have a need to know. So how on earth did you... If I told you, Herbert, you'd just do it yourself and I'd be out of a job. There's no great secret to it, Chief. All you need is a sledgehammer of truth. Carl, despite the fact that you use turns of phrase like that, I'm going to share the byline with you on the other story you helped me chase down. The Flanahan story? That was you, Carl? I did, but I didn't realize it tied to Mary's story. Turns out that badge-flashing Mick was mixed up with our victim, too. When he found out his tomato was involved with Trumbull, he felt the need to divulge a certain open secret. So after she found out about that, she decided to take matters into her own hands. And to be fair, her hands were still attached. Now Herbert. This story, along with Carl's snaps of Flanahan's debauchery, ties it all up into a neat little bow. This box of bonbons was a team effort, so both of our names belong on the card. Don't you think that's the editor's decision? Probably. Now, I also promise this man a big fat bonus, which you will give to him. Oh, all right. Come on, I'll buy you both a cup of coffee. Sometimes I feel like we're married, what with all the yes dear I end up spouting. We're not, and I'll thank you not to call me dear. Extra, extra, read all about it. Command seeks high office, police sergeant, and shocking scandal. Extra! And you don't call me girl reporter either. This episode of Sarcastic Voyage Theatre featured Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Christy Brannan, Dave Fields, Jaquita Fleck, Nathan Lajones, Kara O'Connor, Matt Robotham, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, Jason Wallace, and Ron Algar Watt. It was written by Christy Brannan, Kara O'Connor, 
Amanda Smith and Ron Algar Watt, and produced by Algar Productions. Copyright 2018.